Hello and welcome to the Gloucester Vineyard Church weekly podcast. Thanks for downloading this message. I really hope that you enjoy it and that it blesses you. This week we are talking about mental health and we've asked our very good friend Becky Stevens to come and do an interview with us, which she did live on a Sunday morning, just sharing with us her journey over the last couple of years of suffering with very poor mental health. She shared really candidly and honestly with us about how she kind of came into having very poor mental health, but also how she managed to find her way out. Um, We just acknowledge that for all of us, this COVID-19 season has been a really challenging one uh, in terms of our mental health. All of us have struggled with it, maybe for the first time or maybe our pre-existing conditions have been exacerbated. Uh, And I loved what Becky shared because it was a message of hope and it was hugely practical. So I really hope that you find this helpful. Uh, It's worth mentioning that this is an interview, so there's a bit of back and forth and also that I kind of forgot to press record uh, initially so we jumped straight in with Becky as she's kind of telling us who she is and her condition so uh, without further ado oh yes it's worth saying if you want to get in touch with us um, after this if you have been struggling with poor mental health and you just need somebody safe to reach out to we would love to make ourselves available to you so you can do that by emailing us at hello at gloucestervineyard.org and we would love to hear from you Um, So here we are. Here's Becky. I will let her take it from here. I have had a recent experience of mental ill health myself and um, also close family members who have suffered from various mental health conditions. So I guess the first thing to say is that it's really easy when you see people up front leading in church to think that they've got it all together. Uh, But that's really not the case because we are all painfully human and just kind of trying to do the best we can with whatever giftings we have. So for me, um, two years ago, I suffered what was a complete mental breakdown. And before then, I was very active in lots of our church life. I was leading worship, leading a home group, kids church. I was giving talks as well as my job in the church office doing the finance and um, having a mental illness meant that I I had to pretty much drop everything except my job which I was signed off from and I guess part of my problem prior to that was I was really addicted to being busy and um, that's a whole nother talk (laughs) but I guess what I hadn't bargained on was just not being able to ride out the storm when bad stuff happened because I'd always managed to do that before, just kind of cope. But what happened was, um, I guess in popular language, a series of unfortunate events. Um, It started with a really scary car accident um, where myself and the children were in the back. We were Um, hit by another car that aquaplaned into us on a country lane and although we really walked away with minor physical injuries it was the start of you know a really big trauma actually for me especially having the children in the car and after that I had about six weeks later my youngest son had a horrible accident on the beach he had an eye accident and was nearly blinded in one eye And then a few weeks after that, I lost two friends in a really short amount of time, one of which I I sat by her bedside for weeks while she was dying of cancer. And and it was like all of those accumulated traumas um, 
kind of came together and, and really had a massive impact on my mental health. So I, I tried to keep going and I tried to kind of do business as usual, but I found myself increasingly more and more unable to cope. And eventually I succumbed to anxiety, depression and panic attacks. So I kind of, to describe that, if you've never experienced that, at my worst over that summer of 2018, I felt completely kind of disconnected from life. It was like an out-of-body experience. I was sort of disengaged and disorientated. I, I was easily tearful, shaky. I had these kind of spiraling anxious thoughts. But the worst thing were the panic attacks. And that's where you have this part of the brain called the amygdala which gives you your fight or flight reflex when danger is there. And it was like that was kicking in for no good reason at all. And that left me struggling to breathe, hyperventilating, literally even just walking down the road from dropping my kids off at school. Now, I'm a trained singer and I'm used to be able to controlling my breathing. And so I, I did that to try and control the panic attacks. But eventually, even that wasn't working. It was really overwhelming. And, and I reached that point where I had to admit that I just couldn't go on. And I went to see my GP. I was signed off work. I was given antidepressants. And, you know, I remember turning to my husband, Andy, and I was like, well, what now? And he said, just go home and rest. And that was a real shock because I wasn't used to that. I was used to being busy, I'm a busy mum, I work, you know, I do lots of stuff in church. And, and but it was like now I needed time and healing for myself. So the next few months were really difficult. Um, somebody who had suffered a similar condition said to me, you're just kind of crawling the walls, desperate to feel normal again. And that, that really was the case. I got through a few weeks of horrible side effects from the tablets, but eventually they were really a godsend and, and they kind of evened out my mind, as it were, and I managed to go back to work. And that was really a place where I felt some sort of control in my life. So I, I liked being in the church office and everyone there was lovely. Um, but I guess inside I was still struggling with that grief and anxiety. Church felt really overwhelming. Do you know, sometimes you just don't know how much it costs people to walk through the doors into church or to, or to even, you know, come on Zoom you know, and have, have that image there. It's, it's really difficult. Um, singing in worship wasn't possible. Every time I tried to sing, um, which is usually so natural for me, it was like that panic set in and my throat just started closing up. And I couldn't really tell people what was going on. I think sometimes we don't understand that people don't have the words to explain how they're feeling. And I think that's, that's a really difficult thing, isn't it? When you, you can't explain, people want to know how you are and you just don't have the words. But I had three really precious friends in a prayer triplet from church who were supporting me and they were really wonderful. They were a real godsend, listening to me and praying and helping practically as well with the children. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so I, I guess by Christmas 2018, I really found that Christmas hard. It was overwhelming being with family. Um, but one really precious memory stands out that over the holidays, I saw my sister Tabby and she prayed for me. She she laid hands on me and I felt like this shockwave of the Holy Spirit go down through my body. And it kind of felt like something lifted off my mind a bit, like a veil. And I can't say I was totally healed. I, I don't think God always does that. But the anxiety eased enough that I uh, that it really was a significant step towards starting a, re a recovery. And a few weeks after that, I started sessions with a Christian counsellor and those have really been a lifeline for me. Um, I'm only just now finishing those sessions as I come out the other side of, of this really and adjusted back into life again. And the talking therapy has really helped because it, it kind of helped me unpick all the trauma that happened as well as looking at a broader scope of my habits emotions my childhood and kind of it looks at all the things that contribute to your mental well-being so now I guess I have a really different perspective on my life and my purpose and I've had a huge amount of healing mm. I kind of feel like I'll never be quite the same again but for the better um and so I guess 2019 was a year of healing of getting back into church of being brave enough to try singing again and um, I guess you know who I am I'm really blessed to be able to share my story and pass on what I've learned. Yeah wonderful <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that with us I mean I, I, I can't imagine that's easy for you to do to kind of revisit that really difficult time in your life so thank you for being really candid with us and sharing that. Um, as I mentioned earlier on obviously lockdown and everything with coronavirus has has affected us all with our mental health um you've been talking about how you've kind of come back to a place of of greater uh, mental health how have you found the last six months well i guess in some ways my enforced lockdown happened two years ago and it gave me strategies to kind of cope with this one although it was really weird at the beginning because actually February this year was when I came off the antidepressants and, and so I went through this other season of everything feeling really weird as my body got used to that again. Oh, um, and then I got COVID and I had to isolate for a week in the beginning of March, which was really tough. And then literally the day I was due to come out, the whole country went into lockdown. So I literally had like the craziest time this year. And I guess I do find that the remains of that anxiety are there underneath. Um, it's, you know, it's like I've lost a bit of confidence, but that's slowly coming back. And I guess having been through that two years ago, I'm really aware of my mental health mm -hmm. and I have techniques really in, into how to kind of intervene when I feel myself getting low again and and how to kind of start reaching for the light again before I kind of succumb to the darkness so yeah I guess it's about knowing your own warning signs yeah that's yeah. great man you sound like you've had a really bonkers year <laughs> um, 
Um, could you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Could you talk about um, how you managed to turn things around back when you were kind of in, in the midst of the darkness? You know, what what treatments did you did you kind of go for? What practices did you seek out? What did you find worked for you? I guess for me, it started with having a real understanding of, of what we are as humans. You know, we, the Bible says in Psalm 139, how you made me is amazing and wonderful and you know we're made up of this beautiful mysterious combination of body soul and spirit and these things can't be separated out god has made us kind of complex and in our body our brain is the most sophisticated electrical computer on the planet um it's kind of alive with our consciousness and our soul mind heart you know we're all kind of a combination and you know as christians we know we're more in touch perhaps with our spirit which is alive with the spirit of god as well so we can't separate out these parts of us you know a physical hurt results in a feeling of hurt and likewise if you have a broken heart that affects us physically so i guess what the treatment for me with mental illness needs to be holistic it's to treat every part of us and that's really how I approached it. And um, so I had good medication for the chemical imbalances in my body. You know, thank God for the NHS. <laughs> you know, I, I was really aware of eating and, and getting out to exercise, although that's a bit I hated the most. But, you know, um, and I kind of found peace for my soul in, in listening to music um, I did colouring, which can be really boring for some people, but actually at some point, sometimes the only things I could do was just listen to mu worship music and colouring in. It was just in a coping strategy. But, you know, reading, gaming, watching Netflix, they're all kind of rest for our soul. And then I had the, the counselling, talking therapies to process and make sense of experiences. Um, I love that one of the names for the Holy Spirit is the counsellor. I mean, that's awesome. And so for my spiritual aspect, I, I had prayer. You know, I, I can speak in tongues and that was a real gift. Um, sometimes when I couldn't articulate things and, um, you know, worship really to encounter the spirit of God to, to fulfill our, the spiritual part of us. So. I guess that's that's my approach is that we're complex beings and we need this complex individual treatment for every part of us. Um, and I, I just want to encourage you guys that taking medication is, is not a bad thing. You know, if you need to take medication, you take it. It's not a faith issue. It's a health issue. You know, if we need medication for our heart physically, you know, we wouldn't question that. So why would we question taking medication for the chemicals in our brain? It, it doesn't make you any less spiritual. It just shows you how you are human. Um, so, you know, take all the help you can get and, and you know, take help for each part of, of your whole being. Yeah, I think that's great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so... For me personally, I've spent most of my life uh, assuming that poor mental health is something that only a few people struggle with, not everybody. Um, 
but I, I also used to believe that most people, especially Christians, could expect to go through life never having any mental health issues. Uh, I also used to assume that most people with mental health issues just need to pull themselves together. Um, that was until I had my own experience of very poor mental health about five or six years ago. Um, could you just kind of talk about the stigma that's uh, around poor mental health and the misconceptions of it and how we could start think a, thinking a little bit more healthily about our own mental health and other people's mental health as well? Yeah, so I think that is a really big misconception if you have had well mental health for most of your life but actually we all have a mental health every single one of us we all have good days and bad days and actually statistically it, I think it's one in four people in the UK will experience a mental health problem in any normal year and actually a recent report estimates that there are now double the amount of people suffering with depression than there was before COVID-19 and and tragically you know the suicide rates have gone up particularly in young people and the 40s to 50s age group so you know this this is not something that um is for other people every single one of us um has mental health because we all have a mind and when something goes wrong in your mind, it, it's like an invisible illness. You know, if, if someone breaks a leg, you can see it and it's, it's really obvious what it is. And we don't expect them to just ignore it and pretend it's not a problem and carry on walking on it. You know, and if we could see those people who have mental illnesses, we would see a lot of people limping. We would see people struggling with their crutches and some even completely unable to walk, even with their limbs hanging off. So we wouldn't expect them to run a marathon or, or to not seek help. And we really wouldn't think less of them if they did seek help. So, you know, I think that's one of the saddest things about mental illness is the stigma that people feel around it. And I really think this is lessening in our society. And certainly with our growing understanding and acceptance of of what are more common mental illnesses like anxiety and depression. So I think, you know, that's one positive that's coming out of this. It's it's much more openly spoken about. So I, I did send um, Daniel some um, slides because there is a scale of mental health resilience. And um, if you have a look at this, so you'll see that Sometimes we, um, this is by the way based on something called the stress continuum model if you want to look it up. So a lot of people are around kind of the top of this. They go through life in mostly okay and healthy mental health. But perhaps when negative things happen in life, we kind of dip into reacting or coping in the middle there where we might begin to feel strong emotions or have stress behavior such as being irritable, having trouble sleeping, having low energy. And everybody is different, but most people's journeys kind of dips in and out of between okay and coping, um, if that makes sense. But then perhaps we dip into overwhelm when we have a really tough experience. So we all have our kind of way of going through life like this and we have our coping strategies so our, our mind is very clever we might 
cope in our own individual ways of self-soothing. We might go to the gym, go shopping, have an alcoholic drink, read a book, listen to music, watch TV. Those are all our coping strategies. Um, But sometimes addictions can stem from those coping strategies because control is such a a massive thing for all of us. So coping is quite often a control behaviour. But sometimes things happen that take us really beyond being able to cope. Um, You know, we experience trauma, we're, we're injured, and it's like having a mental smackdown in wrestling terms. And mental trauma can come through all sorts of things, you know, um, disasters, abuse, it can be childhood trauma, illness, bereavement, relationship difficulties or financial difficulties. Sometimes, like I experience, a, a potent cocktail of things. And trauma affects us all differently, but it is something that can push us from just being able to cope into that overwhelm category and and that's where our coping strategies no longer help we kind of feel out of our depth and that's where people start to exhibit signs of mental illness such as mood swings anxiety depression suicidal thoughts trouble sleeping fatigue we might stop stop socializing or be showing addictive behavior so we find that People who have ongoing mental health difficulties due to traumas might find that instead of being in that okay category and dipping into coping, they they spend a lot of their time, you know, not maybe just in that coping and dipping into overwhelm. So, for example, when I was really ill, it took the tiniest thing, such as even a cup of spilled milk, (laughs) you know, to tip me from just about coping into feeling overwhelmed. So my emotional resilience was very low. So I I kind of feel that's the best way as a non-professional to understand what life is like for all of us. And at the moment, during the pandemic, we're collectively undergoing a traumatic situation. So that means we are all under pressure and might be in that just about coping area. You know, so we're more likely to dip into the overwhelm area because of the stress of the current situation if that makes sense so hopefully that's kind of given you an idea you know about where you are on that scale and it's been really helpful to me to kind of have an understanding that okay I'm under pressure I'm coping that's okay but when I dip into that overwhelming feeling that's when I need to be aware and be kind to uh, to myself and seek help if I need it. Yeah, I agree. I think that's absolutely gold. Um, and I think I think we need to hear that. I think that certainly speaks to to my situation. And I remember seeing that graphic and finding it so helpful um, to just explain just where I'm at personally and kind of thinking, yes, I think I am just about coping. And that explains why I think I personally have been a lot more irritable recently. And kind of, so I think that really helped me to kind of just personally place myself in terms of what's going on within my own mental health. And mm-hmm. so, so thank you for sharing that, Becky. I, I found that really, really helpful. Good. Um, so you're obviously a Christian. Um, where is God in all of this? Where is God in mental health and poor mental health? Yeah, it's kind of this 
thought, isn't it, that it's a relatively recent thing, our mental health, but the Bible is full of characters who are undergoing all sorts of normal human experiences, including mental health illnesses. Um, Just a few spring to mind, like the prophet Elijah, who, um, when he was overwhelmed, he went and hid himself in a cave and said he wanted to die. We've got Job, whose whole story is him going through awful grief and torment. And then there's a whole genre in the Bible called Laments and a book called Lamentations. And, you know, we see many of the Psalms are people expressing the deepest cries of their heart in the darkest times. King David, you know, he he feared for his life. He was clearly depressed. And so the Bible is full of God engaging with people in their most desperate situations and various emotional states. So I guess there are three things in all good talks that I wanted to draw out for you today about um, how God engages with us in mental illness. And I think for me, the, the most important one is the promise that God gave in, one, in Joshua 1 verse 5. He says, I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. And for me, that is such an important promise. You know, it's repeated in four other places throughout the Bible. And even Jesus paraphrased it in Matthew's gospel. And I remember a close friend of mine saying that when she was going through depression, she felt so far from God. And I told her that God was as close in her worst moments as he was in her best moments and and that really helped and um you know i was really lucky that in my illness i didn't feel distant from god in fact it was quite the opposite i i literally clung to him um i had this habit one of the interesting things i learned about myself that when i'm stressed i grip my hands tightly and and i dig my nails into my hands and and actually what I've learned instead is to grip onto God's hand, as it were. In my imagination, I, I physically enact it out. Um, you know, that might sound silly, but it's that physical action was a, a real kind of help for me to holding on to God. I knew He was there. And the other thing I found really helpful, especially with the panic attacks, was breathing prayers. Now, there's a really great um, video on this on the Vineyard um, Church's UK and Ireland website. On it's one of the spiritual practices is breathing prayers, and so I would repeat, "I am here, and you are with me," as I was breathing. And you see, that would calm my body down and my racing mind, but give me that awareness of of God being with me in it the Holy Spirit being inside me. And that was really important to me because, you know, mental illness is really lonely. You know, like I said before, it's it's really difficult to describe sometimes what you're going through. But God knows and he is right there with you in it all. And my second point, I guess, is that God understands. It's not just that he's in it with us, but The Bible's really clear that he knows everything about us. He knows what we're going through. And, you know, God became a human himself. He, 
you know, in Jesus, he experienced all the human emotions himself. And Jesus hung out with people with mental health problems, with the outcast and the rejected. And we know that Jesus himself really suffered. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, Geth, uh, say it, Gethsemane, <laughs> before he died, we see him in, in a state of extreme mental anguish. And um, Mark 14 says he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. He said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And in Luke, it says, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. So we can see that Jesus experienced overwhelming fear and dread of what was ahead of him. So we know that these things are not sin. You know, Jesus was fully human. He got to the point that night of sweating blood as he cried out to his father God. That's extreme psychological, physical distress. So we know that because he has known the worst suffering himself, Jesus can relate to anything we're going through in our physical, psychological distress. He understands and he's with us in our darkest moment. You know, I, I think God is big enough to take our anger and our hurt and our grief and our, our disappointment. And we have his spirit of comfort with us and his loving arms around us. So I guess my third thing, you know, it's God is with us and he understands, but also he has a bigger perspective. And yeah, there we go, thanks. <laughs> so he has a plan. And I, I think that's a really important thing is to know that um, God knows what we're going through but he nothing takes him by surprise and in some of my darkest days I guess looking out of the window and looking at how big the sky was really helped it kind of the grandeur and hugeness of the world helped me put into perspective my small thoughts and feelings and help me cope in that moment and you know, we know that suffering is the worst thing in life and there are no kind of trite answers for that. But there is always hope because of who God is, that he is good, he is loving and he is bigger than it all. He is still the king and despite all the pain and difficulty in this world, we know that he has a good plan for our lives um, he will bring good out of the worst situation, the blackest depression, the deepest suffering. And he suffered too in order to bring us that hope. So I guess that's, that's, what, that's where trust and faith come in, isn't it? It's trust that God, you are going to see me through this and you are going to give me a story to tell. Um, and we can hold on to him through that and, and and that is why i'm standing here today and talking about it you know so i guess one, that's it yeah 
Thank you, Becky. Thanks for sharing those. That's really great. Um, so just the last couple of questions, just to kind of close this time out. Um, what advice would you give to us if we have a friend or a family member who's going through a really difficult time with their mental health? Um, how can we serve those people and love those people? Because that can be really, really difficult to know what we can do. Yeah, it's, it's so tough. Um, and I know how helpless it can feel. Um, I've got close family members going through really intense mental health difficulties long term. And, you know, that's the hardest thing, isn't it? Seeing someone that you love suffering. Um, and I found a, a really helpful article by Christy Wimber. And she's the daughter-in-law of the Vineyard founder, John Wimber. She's, she's written a fantastic book on healing mental ill health and it's called wholeness so i've kind of picked out some of the advice that she gives because i think it's really helpful so the first thing that she says is that we should be educated one of the most loving acts the church can do is to take the time out to understand more about um mental ill health and the things that are causing people to be hurt so taking the time to learn more about why or how someone is struggling is one of the most loving acts of kindness and you know we serve people more effectively when we understand more about what they might be dealing with and the second one there is be present and listen you know don't underestimate the power of presence and just listening just being present in someone's life is loving and listening is such a powerful thing you know and sometimes we don't know what to say and that's okay but don't just act like it's not happening it's just okay to say someone you know i don't really know how to help you but i'm here and i care for you and i'm praying for you so that leads me on to the third one which is of course pray you know, and, and that comes after listening, you know, so until we listen carefully, we don't know how we can pray for that person. But the, the other thing to say is that sometimes praying can be really overwhelming. Um, so the thing is to offer gently and not to feel useless. If someone says no, you can always go away and pray for them in private and that's or gather a few people together and pray for them separately, you know, because prayer is really powerful it, it changes things but for a person that's going through mental illness in that moment it can be too overwhelming so we need to be really aware of that um number four is don't try to fix people yourself you know it's it's not the job of the church to fix people it's our role to love and serve each other and if the hardest thing is if people don't want to get help you can't make them and that's really the hardest thing is walking alongside people that, that don't want to reach out for help. But, you know, you, you can't force people to do what they aren't prepared to do. What you, you can do is encourage them to get help in, in other ways, you know, to talk to their GP or access counselling. But you, you can't fix people yourself. And finally is get support for yourself. You know, if you're caring for somebody who's going through mental ill health, it's really important yourself to get a support system. You know, you can, we've got home groups, you know, we've got other people we can pray with or gather one or two friends. You know, we're not made to do this alone. 
and you can't easily help other people from a place of weakness yourself. So that's really important. That's why God gave us the church family, that we support each other in that. Great. Thank you, Becky. And finally, what would you say to someone who's currently struggling with mental health, maybe for the first time or maybe they're kind of finding it harder than ever to kind of be yeah. in that coping or OK zone that you were talking about? Yeah, I, that's the hardest thing, isn't it? And this is where you just have to say, be brave, reach out, you know, get help. Get help is the bravest thing to say. You know, help is the bravest thing that you could ever say. And even if it means admitting that you are in need and overcoming the shame of needing help and not being in control, you know, that's the brave thing to do is, but please tell somebody, you know, you might need to push through those feelings of, you know, we get humiliation and fear and, you know, guilt if we're asking for help. Um, and especially if you struggle with suicidal thoughts, you must get help. You know, you can't fight those thoughts alone. You need to seek help medically and emotionally because ultimately you really matter. Your life matters. And God really wants you to reach out to others around you and to him. And don't try and handle it on your own. There is always somebody there to support you. There is help and with us in church we have each other and that's an incredible resource for support so be brave and reach out